Today on The Girl Defined Show, we're talking about the word identity and how it has really become one of the biggest buzzwords of our day. In today's day and age, we're told that who we are really has nothing to do with God, but everything to do with us. And as we live in the midst of this popular narrative, we as Christian women need to remind ourselves that our truest identity doesn't come from within, but from within God's design for us. If we want to experience true freedom and confidence in who we are, we have to look to our creator to define us because he is a good and loving father and has a beautiful design for our femininity. And really, at the end of the day, our greatest joy and purpose doesn't come from within us, but from knowing who we are in Christ and then living faithfully in that identity for God's glory. Let's unpack this together. What's up, sisterhood? We are pumped to be bringing you this amazing conversation. And I am just curious what you have to say about this. So I want you to make sure that you are following us over on Instagram at Girl Define, because that's where we're able to have a lot of good discussion. And this is a topic that I think will bring up some questions mm-hmm. and, you know, like, I don't know, thoughts and just we're, we're hearing a lot about identity from the world right now. And so I think having a conversation based on scripture, based on just, you know, like God's unchanging word and who he says we are is going to be refreshing for many of you. And for some of you, you may feel really challenged. So I hope you will stick with us. Don't tune us out if you're like, I don't like that, you know, like stay tuned in till the very end because you may hear something that sparks the thought or, you know, ha- gives you like, oh, I want to ask more about this. So stick with us. If you have haven't already, though, read this book. It's this amazing book. It's called Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's by these I, two- I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's by these two women. Their names are Kristen Clark and Bethany Beal. Oh, it, it just happens to be us. Okay. So seriously, though, it just came out like a month ago, and it's an amazing book all about learning to trust God, learning to, to know that He is good, that the plan He has for us is good. And this ties right into this conversation with identity, because if we don't know who God is, if we don't have a foundation of Scripture and of truth in our life, then we're going to be led by our personal feelings, our personal thoughts. We're going to listen to what other people say about us, and we won't know who God is. We won't know what He says about us and who He says we are. So if you want to take this conversation deeper and really unpack, like, who is God and how should who He says I am impact my life, grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. You can grab that at girldefined.com slash trust, or just go to girldefined.com to check out all of the incredible resources that we have for you so that you can dig deeper. Mm -hmm. So identity, it's a hot button topic when you say like definitely hot button, but it's interesting because like the word identity, I think for a lot of us as Christian women, we think of identity now in terms of the cultural narrative, right? Like reflecting a very specific group of people or very specific ideas, but identity is something that every single one of us has to process. Like I think every single one of us is asking the question, whether we realize it or not, who am I? And, you know, I remember going through seasons of my life where I I thought I knew who I was. Like, I thought my identity was grounded in Christ. Like, yes, I'm a daughter of God. This is my purpose. Like, he made me female. Like, I feel sure of my identity. But then I remember when I was going through all those years of infertility, wondering, like, I thought I was supposed to be in the next season of motherhood, mm. and I wasn't. So I almost had an identity crisis. Like, who am I? What? What's, who, where, where, what am I supposed to do? And it just got reminding me, like, hey, your season hasn't changed, but you're still, like, your identity 
identity remains the same and it's in me. And I know we can wear a lot of different hats and do a lot of different things and have a lot of fears and struggles and seasons of life. And it's tempting to find our identity, whether in our accomplishments, in our failures, in our season, but God wants so much more for us. And so I don't, as you're listening, I don't want you to tune this out and think, oh, this is like an identity conversation. That's like something about some cultural narrative. Like, yeah, we're going to unpack that, but this is a conversation every single one of us as Christian women need to have. Now, Something interesting that happened is um, we actually shared some of this at our recent Girl Defined conference. So we talked all about identity. It was all about like shining bright. So knowing who we are in Christ is a huge part of that. But in research for this session that we gave at the conference, I actually looked up online some of the, like I looked up Teen Vogue, which is just interesting. I like, I kind of like to keep up with some of what the culture, I would consider Teen Vogue very much in tune with the cultural message, the cultural narrative of the day. Dri- and I would say they are trying to drive. Drive. That's a good point. Driving it. Leading, not following. That's true. Leading in it, um, typically on the most extreme end of whatever's happening and pushing for it. Correct. So I, it's interesting to go there as a Christian and just kind of see like, what are the messages that are being promoted, mm. that are being pushed? Like, what are young women of today being told is right oh, yeah. and true and good? So I went there online and it was really interesting because they only have a few categories at the top of their website for like different topics. And one of those was identity. So of all the categories, like one of them was identity, which told me, okay, this is a big, like, this is a big question that people have. They want to know, they want to read about stuff on identity. And so I thought it was interesting. I just looked up the top articles, like what is Teen Vogue saying about identity? And I just want to read to you some of their top articles for young women on their website. So one I came across was your biggest questions about they, them pronouns answered. Another article said, discovering my Tohono O'odham culture saved my life, so I'm helping others do the same. Another article was titled, I stopped getting my period in my 20s. Here's what it taught me about gender identity. And then in parentheses, it said, periods do not equal womanhood. Another article was titled, seven transgender and non-binary people share how drag helped their mental health. And then another one, I'm a native woman and I won't be labeled as white passing. And then lastly, on like the top articles was an article titled, I'm a bisexual Chinese American woman. And so it was just interesting as I read these, because it really showed me like each one of these is a different take on how whoever was writing the article is saying, hey, discovering this helped me know who I am, or this is what really helped me find my true identity, or I'm identifying as this and no one can tell me otherwise, that's my true identity. And article after article was basically statements of people trying to say like, answer the question, who am I? This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And they are not afraid to disciple young women on all all of these topics, you know? And so I think it's so important as Christians that we enter this conversation because if we don't, who's going to be having these conversations, you know? It's interesting. There was actually, um, I did a Google search and searched what defines a person's identity. And this was the top, one of the top hits. It was from Psychology Today. And it said, in answer to what defines a person's identity. Identity encompasses the memories, experiences, relationships, and values that create one's sense of self. This amalgamation creates a steady sense of of who one is over time, even as new facets are developed and incorporated into one's identity. Just super interesting. And so I think as you Mm -hmm. think about this, you think of culture's narrative, what they're telling us, and I think it's this, that you must discover and decide who you are. And if you think about it, that's very much what we're being told from culture. You need to discover and decide who you are. So your memories, your relationships, your values, and your experiences, those are what define you. And then you must celebrate personal identity and autonomy as the most important thing in your life. And then also I think culture 
very strongly tells us that we need to reject the Bible's patriarchal, outdated, and (laughs) biblical, bigoted (laughs) views. Definitely not Um, biblical views. Yeah. And so I think that it, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to super unpack that today. We are talking to you, um, from a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective, and we're assuming for most of you, you're probably listening to the Girl Defined Show podcast because you either are a Christian or you really want to understand biblical truth in a deeper way. So we're not, this isn't really like um to combat and just, you know, like, let's dig into all of that. We're really going to dig into a lot of like what scripture has to say mm-hmm, and what God has to mm-hmm. say, because that's most important. We want to study truth and not just always talk about like, look at all these yeah. lies or things that we think are lies. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the the direction that we're going to take in this conversation. Yeah. And you know what's so interesting is that you would think with there being so many identities at play, like so many ways that we can define ourselves, that we can today answer the question, this is who I am. We can just state it and then everyone kind of applauds it. Like, okay, that's who you are. I mean, if you're following the the cultural narrative, right? Yeah. If you're following the biblical narrative for identity and um, sexuality, then you're probably not going to get too applauded as most of you know. Um, but here's the really interesting and I think really, really sad thing is that in our modern age, despite really this newfound freedom of sexual liberation, expressive individualism, people in general are not becoming happier. Like as a society, if you just look at the statistics, we're not becoming happier. So we're, you see this striving of trying to answer this question, who am I? What's my purpose? Who am I? I mean, that deep question. And as we are applauding all sorts of answers and there's more, I guess, freedom in that than ever before, the happiness meter is going down. And a Time Magazine article actually published um, findings. They stated that the that U.S. suicide rates are the highest they've been since World War II. And this is current. So you just kind of let that sink in and go, wow, what in the world is happening? Um, the mental health, uh, mental health America, MHA, they had an article that said the state of mental health, or it was titled the state of mental health in America. And some of their key findings also backed up this idea. And they found that youth mental health is worsening with 9.7% of youth in the U.S. having severe major depression compared to only 9.2 in the last year's data, data set. The number of people looking for help with anxiety and depression has skyrocketed. Mm. There's been a 93% increase, they state, over the 2019 total of number anxiety screens and a 62% increase Mm. over the 2019 total number of depression screens. That is a ton. That's huge. And I know the pandemic does play a part in this as well. Um, but it's just interesting to see, okay, like from a mental health standpoint, um, from suicide rates, um, another thing they stated on the MHA was more people are reporting frequent thoughts of suicide and self-harm than have ever been recorded in the MHA screening program since its launch in 2014. And so I think it's just, it's sad, but we need to acknowledge that something's not working, right? Like we're not happier and more fulfilled as a society. We're increasingly getting worse. And I think that as Christians, we know the answer of true hope. Like we know where it comes from in God's word and within his design. Um, but this reality, it really should be a wake up call for all of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have to jump in here really quick to tell y'all about something super exciting. So there is an incredible podcast called Compelled and it's real Christians with remarkable stories. So you are actually hearing from these real Christians who have lived these incredible lives, whether extremely difficult, extremely challenging, major suffering, or just incredible stories of God's work in their lives. It's just so encouraging to hear from real people about how God has worked, answered prayers, or just grown them in their faith. Um, I know I remember listening to one that they released earlier in a previous season all about someone who basically transitioned and then detransitioned, and it was just this 
wow story. And their most recent episode is titled, I Gave God My Two-Year-Old Son. And it's an interview all about a woman whose son suddenly fell ill, fell ill a two-year-old son, which totally hits home with me because I have Davy, who's almost two years old, and his condition just continued to worsen. And so it's her whole story, and I'm not going to give away the ending. Um, so you can listen and see what happened. She gave God her two-year-old son, and it's just an incredible story about God's mightiness and work and mirac- miracula- miraculousness in her life and his life. Uh, but all these stories, they don't always end the way that you think. So you'll have to go and listen to that. But if you want serious encouragement from real people, so we talk a lot about like um, specific issues, but if you want to see those worked out and played out in real Christians' lives, then you want to go listen to the Compelled podcast. You can just go to podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify um, and listen directly to their podcasts, or I'll put the link in the bio, uh, the link below, so that you can go and listen directly. Um, this is such an encouraging podcast, y'all. I really encourage you to go and listen to the Compelled podcast um, on Apple, Spotify, or just click the link below and you can head straight to their website. All right, let's get back to the show. You know, the inner de- the inner desire to discover and name ourselves affects us all because I don't yes. think we can separate and say it's they, mm-hmm. them, us, like we're, you know, like it's us against them, whatever. No, like we all have this inner desire to answer the question of who am I? That's like the question of life, right? Like that right. is unpacking like the ultimate question of life. Who am I? Um, and so I think it's important to reflect and realize like most often we look for our identity, this who am I question in our sexuality, in our race, in our season of life. We strive to answer this question in our achievements or in our religion. Um, even we try to answer the question of who am I in our struggles or even in our failures. Um, our circumstances, you know, whether desired or undesired, really can become what defines us. And so this may be how you have come to define yourself. Think of this. You could say, I am the girl who's really smart academically. <laughs> I am the boss lady at work. So this is who you're saying. Like, this is who I am. This is what defines me. I am the single girl. It's not just a circumstance. It's not not just a part of your life. It's become who you are. I am the athletic girl. I am a mom. I am the young mom entrepreneur. I am a social media influencer. I am the teen girl that nobody wants to be friends with. I am the Christian woman with a secret same-sex attraction. I am the divorced woman. I am the godly peer girl. I am a faithful church attendee. Or maybe I am worthless. And so without even realizing it, we are naming ourselves. We're saying, I am this. And we build our identity on who we think we are. So we say, this is who I am. And then we build our identity around that. And that becomes like the most important or the most core thing about us that we stress about, that we think about, that we build our lives upon. And I love this quote by Tim Keller. He has so many incredible resources, so many great books, so much to offer on this current conversation. He says this, Our identity doesn't just come from our feelings, but from the feelings we choose. We look into our hearts and we see a lot of different things, but we choose which feelings to elevate and then we say, that's me. Here's the problem. Our season of life, relationships, status, achievements, struggles, and failures, those things change. And so this makes for a very unstable identity. We cannot live a life of security and assurance and hope of the future, knowing where we're going and what's going to happen when every year or even more than that, 
things are changing and are, we're looking and we're saying now these feelings are elevated because I just changed seasons of life. So this is who I am. We need something so much like more steadfast. We need something lasting. We need something really outside of ourselves to, I guess, to, to name us, to find our identity within. We need something more sure. One way that I think kind of helps us visualize what this looks like as women um, when it comes to our identity is imagine that you are, you're just standing there, right? And you are wearing multiple different hats. Like many of us are, we have a lot of different hats that, that hats that might represent different things about our lives, about our seasons, about our struggles, about our accomplishments, whatever it may be. Um, and imagine that the first hat that you put on top of your head is a hat that it says Christian woman, right? Like, okay, you know, as a Christian woman, you're saved. Like that first hat, that first identity that you're wearing, that first thing about you that represents who you are, you know, it's a Christian woman. Okay. So you put that hat on, but then you put on another hat, something else that is true about your life, and it's that you're a sports player. But what you don't realize is that you have been looking to sports, to your athletic achievements, to winning, to getting that scholarship, whatever it may be. You've been looking to that as part of your identity as well. It's not just something you're striving for in excellence, doing for God's glory. It's something that has actually become a part of your identity. So yeah, yeah, you're a Christian. That's there on the bottom. But now you've got this second hat, and it's it's this identity that you're finding in sports. Okay? Then you have a hat on top of that. So now try to picture three hats. Just picture like the cutest hats that you think are cute. <laughs> we'll go with that. Put a third hat on top of that. You with me? Okay, this third hat represents your season of life and you're single, and you've really been struggling with that because deep in your heart, you want to get married. You've seen your friends get married. You've seen your sister get married, and you're like, God, when is it going to be my turn? And so without realizing it, that third hat, which is your season of life, it's true, that has also become a huge part of your identity where you're no longer viewing it as a season in which to glorify God, to trust Him with, to serve others. You're really viewing it as an identity and a problem, something that needs to be fixed. Your identity is now that you're single. That's how you view yourself. Okay, now let's put a fourth hat on top of that. So we've got Christian at the bottom. You're a sports player, single. You're finding your identity in those things. That fourth hat that you're wearing is a secret secret sexual struggle, a sin struggle you've never told anyone, or maybe you have and you continue to wrestle with it. And even though you know the finished work of Christ on the cross has paid the penalty for sins and you're trusting in Christ for victory, you you desire to be free from the sin, you're still struggling and you're still stuck in this sin. And so you start to view that as your part of your identity. You're a Christian girl who just can't seem to get over this sexual sin. You feel um, defeated. You feel guilt and shame. You just you You feel even afraid to come before God in prayer because you just feel tired and weary of struggling with this. And then the last hat is on the top, and that's your personality type. And we know personality types in this day and age have become such an identity definer, right? Like, which personality type are you? And people like build their entire identity around that. And for you, that's become a thing too. You're extremely outgoing, you're talkative, you're kind of known as the life of the party, and you like that identity. You want people to see you as that identity. So you always feel like everywhere you go, you have to be the life of the party, you have to be the most outgoing, you have to kind of get the attention. And that's the, the top hat that you're wearing. Now, of all these hats on paper, you would say, okay, yeah, you know, these are all true about me, but my truest identity is in Christ. Like, I know I'm a daughter of the King. That's my identity. And you say that, but really, 
the true identity, your true identity, the way that you're viewing your life and the way you're viewing yourself and your accomplishments, your successes, your struggles, you're viewing them through the lens of all of those other things, sports players, single girl, sexual struggles, life of the party, personality. And without even realizing it, your truest identity, which should be defining everything else, every other aspect of your life should be through the lens of your true identity as a saved daughter of God. The opposite has become true for you. And all of the other hats that you're wearing, all of the other factors in your life have now become your truest identity. As you're talking, it it makes me like self-reflect and think about like <laughs> those things that I, you know, I know I'm a Christian woman and I know that who God says I am and that I am his daughter. And that's like the truest thing about me. Like I know I, like, I often struggle to want to name myself and to make that the most important Mm -hmm. thing about me. So, you know, a a lot of you know my story of singleness, which I fully unpack in our book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. And I share how I, like, really struggled to not make that, like, the most important thing about my life, like, my relationship status. And so instead of saying, like, oh, I am a daughter of God, I should live for Him and serve Him and be all about Him, I was focused on me and my status. And when I was going to move into the next season, and I didn't want to be, I didn't want singleness to define me. And so I wanted marriage to define me, but that should have never been the defining factor, you know, like that, that shouldn't have been the most important thing about me, but I got caught up in naming myself and just chose whatever felt the hardest or the most uncomfortable or the thing I didn't like to be that defining factor of who I was. Um, so if you're in that season, I really encourage you to read Not Part of the Plan. Grab a copy at girldefined.com trust, because I think that would really encourage you, um, you know, but this, I guess this way of living, like you were just describing with those hats, which is such a great visual, um, that living that way where we are trying to name ourselves and we are trying to pick what's the most important thing about me, that is like a burden none of us should have to bear because our feelings, our life, things change. And so are we going to have to live the rest of our lives constantly choosing a new identity? What's what's the best or worst thing about us? Um, that's really, really hard to do. And so in order to break free from this crushing burden, it really is, of naming ourselves and finding our identity, we need to reject this false narrative um, because the only one who can rightly define us is the one who designed us. And I'm going to say that again because it is such a powerful truth. The only one, meaning God, who can rightly define us is the one who designed us. And again, I love Tim Keller. He says, our truest identity isn't achieved, it's received. Think about that. It's not something we do. It's not something that someone else has done to us. That's not our truest identity. Our truest identity is not something that's achieved. It's something that's received. And it's something that's received from our designer, the one who created us. He is the only one who has the authority, who has the right to define us because he designed us, he created us. And so as Christians, as Christian women, this should be a powerful truth for us. This should be absolutely like mind altering and life changing. Mm -hmm. The fact that, wow, My truest identity doesn't come from within, but from within God's design for me. He is my creator. He is my king. He is my God. He is my father. And so on this search for identity, purpose, and belonging that we see in our own hearts and in society, this reveals that we are looking to someone. We are looking for someone to name us, to tell us who we are, because if not, we're all going to be on this never-ending journey. We're going to be on this never-ending cycle. And so I want to 
encourage you that there is a beautiful answer, that there is a good answer. And we're actually going to unpack five biblical truths that define your identity, five biblical truths. As Christians, we go to God's word. We say, God, Mm -hmm. who do you say I am? So instead of achieving something right now, we're going to receive something from God's word and he's going to tell us who we are. And I guarantee you, sister, that this is going to be so freeing for you. You don't have to look at your achievements. You don't have to measure up. On Instagram, you don't have to enter in your pronouns. Like, Mm -hmm. no, that doesn't matter. What matters is who God says you are. So I hope that these five points we share with you, write them down, and I hope they bring you so much freedom because truth sets us free. And so right now, what we're about to hear is so countercultural. It's Mm -hmm. so shocking. It's so like, you know, cancelable. But (laughs) this is where freedom is found. This is where peace is found. This is where hope is found. And isn't that what we all want? We want peace. We want freedom. We want something that can't be found within. So let's dig into those five points. Yeah. And before I dive into the first one, (laughs) I want to say that something we long for, and this is right where the gospel meets our longing, is we long for meaning and value. I think that's what's behind driving this question of who am I? We long for meaning and value, and we also so long to be loved and accepted. Like who doesn't have a deep longing to be loved and accepted? And the most incredible thing is, is when we open up God's word and we look at the gospel, we look at who Jesus is and what he did for us. When we place our faith in him, how he accepts us as his children, forgives our sins. It's like how he names us and defines us. That answers every longing and question that we have for meaning and value. It answers the question of, am I loved and accepted? Yes, you are. You have a place of belonging. And that's something I know every person is looking for. So the gospel is the point of all of this and our longings and and, and, um, identity can be found within that. So the first biblical truth that we want to unpack quickly here as we run through this is the first thing, it might sound negative, but it's actually really freeing because it's clarifying something that's true that's hard, but that points us to where we can find um, hope. And that is the first thing is the fact that I am. So we're going to talk about some I am statements. They're all going to be I am statements, but biblically based I am statements. The first one is I am a sinner in need of a savior. And like I said, this I am truth might feel really negative, but it's the first biblical reality of our life's condition that we have to acknowledge. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all as in like every single person. So, you know, people might be like, well, I don't really believe in sin. It's like the Bible, the Bible explains what sin is. And if you look at anyone's life, you'll see, yep, we all have it. Like no one is beyond this. And so the reason why this might feel negative, like what? You're calling me a sinner? Like, yeah, because you are. And I am. And Bethany is like, we all are. So the first liberating truth, the first reality is acknowledging the truth about the fact that we have a problem. Like we have a problem and we need a savior. When we see our sin for what it is. We see our need for a savior, which is where where true hope is found. We see God's holiness and we see our separation from him, right? Like that's so important for us to see. We see the condition of our heart, like that secret place um, of struggle and of sin. And we see our need for help. Like we might look like we've got it all together on the outside, but deep in our heart, we know we don't. We know we have sin. We know we have struggles. We know we need someone bigger than ourselves to come in and help us, right? We see the reality of our warped longings and desires, and we see the need for a path that offers hope, forgiveness, and freedom. And so acknowledging the fact that I 
am a sinner in need of a savior is the first very true I am statement that the Bible tells all of us and that we must accept as truth in order to move into, I think, number two in helping us, okay, that feels negative. Now, what's the truth? What's the beauty in this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the second biblical truth that is truly so liberating is this, I am saved and redeemed by Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. I am saved and redeemed by Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you see that? Nothing we did, everything he, it wasn't about our achievements. It's about who he is, which is so amazing. Because what, what do we have to offer ultimately? What do we have to save ourselves? Nothing. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, while we weren't even seeking Christ, he died for us. And so if you have already trusted in Christ as your savior, then this, you are saved and you are redeemed by Jesus. Maybe you haven't. I hope that this, you know, causes you to contemplate and to really ask yourself, wow, like, do I want to live up by my own I I am statements or do I want to live by something more true? Because when we confess our sin and believe in Jesus's death and resurrection for our salvation, we are no longer defined by by our sin. We are no longer just lost and broken and struggling to name ourselves. We have a new identity because we are redeemed. We're saved. We're made new. Our identity is no longer found in our sin struggles, but in Christ's victory on the cross and his victory in overcoming death by Raising again, rising. What is it? Raising, rising, rising, no. <laughs> rising from the dead. Rising from the dead. Three days later, um, he conquered sin and death. He gave up his life. Um, you know, go to the book of John if you're like, wow, I I need to dig into this more. The book of John mm-hmm. in the Bible would be a great place to start. You can look at John three sixteen and seventeen. Both of those verses are super helpful. Um, you know, I encourage you if you haven't, if you don't understand what salvation is, what the gospel is. It's a super easy way to understand that. So, and it's a really easy read. You can look it up for free. Just Google it, the book of John in the Bible. It'll be super helpful. Um, but through Christ's salvation, we realize that um, we fight against our sin from a place of victory in Christ. We are no longer like it, living in our own strength. Mm-hmm. We now have been given the power of the Holy Spirit within us because we're redeemed, we're saved. We now have a new strength, not from within, but from God. And so this I am statement, I am saved and redeemed by Jesus. When we think about that, it's like, wow, this is completely different. This is radical compared to what the world's telling us. This is radical compared to what our own simple hearts want. But this is so liberating. This is so freeing. And this is what truly leads to life. Mm -hmm. So these I am statements, these are so helpful for us as Christian women specifically to recognize the Bible has a lot to say about our identity. So what we're doing here is unpacking the question, who am I? This is who the Bible says you are. I am. And these are biblical truths that we can bank on. These are firm foundations about our identity that are unshakable, that will never change. And and this is something so much more, um, I don't know, freeing. Like it lifts the burden of us having to name ourselves because we can just receive the yeah. identity that God has well, given us. And it's secure. It's lasting. Yeah. It's not changing. God's word doesn't change. So these are things we can bank on. Mm-hmm. You know, We don't have to worry about like, oh, well, what if I lose my right. boyfriend? What if my feelings change? What if my mind changes? It's like God yeah. doesn't change. You know, it's like, this is awesome. And they transcend our, our seasons of life and like our age. So whether you're 18, 38, 48, you're single, married, have kids, don't, whatever. These I am statements from scripture about who we are. These are always true. And this is where, uh, this is the identity in which we should be operating. Everything else should be from a lens of this as
as our foundation first and foremost. So just to recap, we have, I am the first one. I am a sinner in need of a savior. Then we talked about, I am saved and redeemed by Jesus Christ. And this third one is, I am adopted into God's family as his daughter. This is such a beautiful one. You know, you've heard us say all the time, like daughters of God. And, you know, some people will say like, oh, you're a princess and God is the king. It's like, might even feel cheesy. But if you think about it, like stop and don't just like say the theological terms like, oh, I'm adopted. Like this is a huge, huge part of our identity. This is something that we go from being basically children of darkness to children of light. When we accept Christ as our savior, we become adopted in to God's family. Like God is our father, the God of the universe. That is incredible. First John 3, 1 says, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. This verse is pointing, it's like calling out the fact like, hey, have you thought about the fact that God loves you so much, this love that he has given to you, that you are now called his child? Like, have you thought about that? Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And this is another beautiful passage showing us just this picture of adoption, this word adoption. And that that longing we talked about a few minutes ago, like that longing where we all deep in our heart, we long to be um, accepted, to have a place of belonging. Well, this answers that question. We can stop searching because even if we're rejected by our earthly family, earthly parents, rejected by our friends, rejected by the cool circles, whoever is rejecting us and we feel like there's a hole, that hole is ultimately meant to be filled by our father because in him, we are accepted. We have belonging. He has brought us in and adopts us and says, you are my daughter. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price, the great price and sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. We've been given a new name. We've been given a new identity. We've been given a new inheritance. We are daughters of the Most High King. And you know, this reality never hit home for me as deeply as it did until Zach and I adopted our two boys. So y'all can go listen to the episode. We share our whole story on adoption. And in our book, Not Part of the Plan. You yes, that. yes. The and journey. in fact, I was writing the book as I was going through the international adoption process. So it was really cool. This thing that I never imagined as being a part of my story that I was now fully embracing and fully loving and knew it was where God was directing me. I'm like writing this book all about not part of the plan. I'm like, yeah, this was never a part of my plan, but obviously this was a part of God's. And now I'm so grateful for it and I love it. And it's like now one of the highlights of my life, like this beautiful, um, this beauty that God brought from what felt like ashes in my own history and my own story. So anyways, like I never saw myself in this adoption story as God's daughter being adopted into his family as clearly as I did after I went through the adoption process with our boys. Because through that process, I saw firsthand the beauty and and even the heartbreak of adoption and that here are these boys, they're in need of a family. And then we we choose them they choose us in the sense like we we accept each other. They come into our family and they get a new name, right? Like they take, they physically take on our name. They get a new identity. Now they're identified as our children, right? We're their parents. They even had moved to a new country. So there's new identity there. They have a new inheritance. Like everything that's ours, we're like, it's yours now. Like we're a family. This is all of ours together. And they became, the most important thing is they became our sons. So they went from just being these boys in need of a family to being our sons and calling us mama and papa in Russian, which is very cute. <laughs> um, 
Wait, and what so they say in Russian. Well, it, they say mama and papa. But what's in Russian? You said in Russian, it's so cute. Well, sorry, in Russian, it's mama and papa. Oh. So I was trying to say <laughs> oh. in America, oh, kids say dad and mom, right? Oh, 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 I but see. in Russian, okay. the dad and mom is mama and papa. Got it. Okay, okay, I, I know, I, like, I know. What? That was really confusing. And sometimes they're like, because they're learning English, like, oh, should we call you mom and dad? And I was like, I really like the Russian version. It's like so cute. It is cute. Anyways, so yeah, it's just been so cool to see firsthand. And it just so often brings tears to my eyes when I see their story and our family. And then I think that is exactly the same thing that Christ has done for me. I am the orphan in need of saving. I am the orphan in need of identity, of belonging, of a family. And God has done that for me. Christ, his finished work on the cross, he sacrificed to give me a new identity, to give me a place of belonging, a new inheritance. He's renamed me. He is is calling me his daughter, forever loved, forever a part of his family. And that is the most amazing thing. And so I think that anyone, any of you who may be struggling with that sense of loneliness, um, sense of not belonging, you're chasing after different identities. I just want to encourage you to really rest in the fact and maybe receive it in a way you never have before that you are a daughter of the King adopted into God's family. And so your longing for belonging has been answered in Christ once and for all. The fourth biblical truth that defines your identity is a really big one. And get ready for it. It's this, that I am a female made in the image of God. And I'm going to unpack this for you, but I want to read in Genesis, going back to the beginning, baby. Genesis 1, 26 through 27 says this, Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This is the crucial part. So God, that wasn't, that was just me talking, not the verse. (laughs) I'm saying this is the crucial part. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so our, according to scripture, our gender identity and sexual orientation have been decided by God. They have been designed by God and defined by God. We are female. As women, as biologically our gender, we are female. This body we have been given by God isn't an afterthought but an intentional part of our created identity. Like, can you believe that? Like, this is, it's so clear in scripture, but we have complicated it so much. We are female. This body we've been given by God isn't an afterthought. Sister, your body isn't an afterthought. It Mm -hmm. wasn't a mistake. It's not a problem. It's not um, like, oops, did it wrong, you know, but it is an intentional part of your created identity. Secular thought today, though, um, it's very common to think of our our bodies and our minds kind of like a body person split. So think of it this way, that they would say, like secular thought today would say that your true personhood is within found within your thoughts feelings, mind, and inner self. You're being told that your body is nothing more than the shell you live in. I mean, really, the body has been so downplayed, so diminished, so like 
it's just a shell. You know, it, it really doesn't represent anything. Your body doesn't represent your authentic self. It's just like a thing. And so this view though, this body split, this body mind split where you're like, okay, your body is just really nothing. You know, that's not about who you are. Um, it, it shouldn't, I, you know, it shouldn't inform anything about you. Um, this is a really fragmented view of the body and we never see this view in scripture. Ever. Like, mm-hmm. I challenge you to go look in scripture. Do you ever see where God is downplaying the body or, or where he is saying, like, it's really not that big of a deal? Like, no, it is a core part. And so we actually did a huge episode on this with Nan- Professor Nancy Piercy. So you can go look back. We, it was, it's one of our most popular episodes that we've ever done. Um, and we talk all about her book, Love Thy Body. And she unpacks, um, this entire, uh, you know, perspective, the world's view of our body, um, how it's separate from, the mind and the body has nothing to do with who we are. All of that is unpacked in the episode with Nancy Piercy. So go back a few weeks, listen to that. But what we need to remember and what scripture informs us of is that our body reveals clarifying truths about who God created you to be. Your body is not an accident. You are a woman. You are a female. If your feelings say you're a man, you can look at the truth of your body and confidently say, God created me to be a woman. I know this is like, kind of shocking maybe for some of you to Mm -hmm. hear, but scripture is not confusing. God is not a God of confusion. We are the ones that make things confusing. We are the ones that make things complicated. Um, Like, I think that there's so much freedom found in how simple God has made things. Um, And, you know, instead of having to go on this super huge long journey, yes, we need help. Yes, we need counsel. Yes, we need um, sometimes personal help to walk through these things. But Mm -hmm. we can very clearly say, wow, God, you have given me a female body and that informs so much about who I am. Or same-sex attraction struggles can be filtered through the fact that God created you to be a woman. And so you can know, wow, this clears up so much confusion for me because I may be struggling with this and I may need to get counsel and help and renew my mind with biblical truth. But I know that God created men and women and I know he created men and women to get married and men and women to be together, not the other way around. He didn't create women to be with women and men to be with men. That's very clear throughout all of scripture. So if you are, if you have the body of a female, then you can know this informs so much about yeah. who you, who you should be and what your life should be. Does that mean you have to get married one day? No, but it should inform you of God's design for you in this area. John Piper actually says this. He says, neither whom we should worship nor who we are sexually is left to our preferences. You sister are a woman and that is your God ordained identity. So I want you to remember that your truest identity doesn't come from within, but from within God's design for you. And I know I just like, you know, threw the big conversation on the table and I'm leaving you with that, but I, I want you to know we, we fully dug into this. So go listen to the episode with Nancy Piercy and I promise you that will Mm -hmm. help you so much and unpack all of this. So that's just a little taste. Um, if you want to go deeper on that, go listen to that episode. One of our resources too for sexuality, identity, sex, purity, and the longings of a girl's heart, discovering the beauty and freedom of God defined sexuality. Um, that book, we also dig into, um, topics like same sex attraction, um, sexual identity, gender, all of those things, um, why God made us sexual beings to begin with, why that is a really important part of our identity, um, and why when we embrace it rightly, we actually glorify very specific things about God and the order of his creation and who he is as God that he wants us to reflect. So it's bigger than even our own feelings and struggles. There's something bigger 
a bigger message God is trying to portray through our sexuality. So sex, purity, and the longings of a girl's heart. You can check it out at girldefined.com slash longings. Okay, the last I am statement that we're going to unpack today in who answering the question, who am I? This is who scripture says we are is number five. I am alive to glorify God. I am alive to glorify God. So if you're listening to my voice right now, you're obviously alive and you can count on the fact that in and out of every season, every struggle, ups and downs as a daughter of God, redeemed and saved, you are alive this very minute to glorify God. That is a core aspect of your identity and your purpose. Everything you do should be coming from a foundation of, in this, I am alive to glorify God. In this endeavor, in this ministry, in this job, at my school, with my friends, I am alive to glorify God. We see this in scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 9. It says, so whether you, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. And at home or away, what does that mean? It's talking about whether we are at home, which is heaven, right? Remember, this earth is not our home. Scripture makes that clear. We're passing through. We're ambassadors. So whether we're at home in heaven or away here on this earth, we make it our aim to please him. That's our aim. In heaven, we're going to be pleasing and glorifying God constantly on earth. This is practice grounds for what we're going to be doing for all of eternity, for why we're, we, we were created. So as God's daughters, as his children were here on this earth on a mission to point others to him. We're called to be lights in a very dark world, to not hide our light, the light of Christ that shines from within us, but to be bold, to speak the truth in love, to be faithful, to be everything that's the opposite of darkness. We're shining the light and love of Christ, and we're called to point others to our Savior through our love for one another. So we should be on the forefront, the foregrounds of like serving people. Um, we should be the first to like volunteer for things or say like, hey, I can help you with that. Um, loving the people in our family, the hardest people to love. We should be the first to forgive, pursuing reconciliation, showing kindness when others don't show kindness to us. We ha- we speak gently on social media. I mean, all the things like we are lights everywhere we go. Our mission is to glorify God. We're here to build his kingdom. I normally get this backwards. I'm like, oh, I'm here to build my kingdom and my thing, you know, what I think is successful. And God's like, um, hello, you are my daughter. You're here to build my kingdom, right? Like we are here to build God's kingdom. So living to glorify God. If you have ever asked, what's my purpose in life? What should I do? Who should I be? What kind of job should I get? Am I doing the right thing? Regardless of where you land on that question, you can count on the fact that your truest purpose, the foundation beneath all of that is to glorify God. And when you embrace that and fully get that as a Christian woman in your identity, it brings purpose and meaning into every area, every season of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has been one of the most freeing things for me personally is just realizing like, you know, I am not here to make my name great. I'm not here to be served, but to serve. I'm not, you know, I am here literally to bring glory to God. And you know, the Bible talks about how when we lose our lives, uh, then we will find it. And Scripture, lose it for Christ's sake. Lose mm-hmm. it for Christ's sake. Yeah, just <laughs> why are we losing it? <laughs> I'm, I was like majorly paraphrasing the scripture. <laughs> That's the Bethany version. <laughs> when we lose it, where's my life? Wait, where did I go? You found it. <laughs> That's true. That makes no sense. <laughs> so basically, like when we become less about ourselves and more about Christ, that's when we will have true life, true purpose, true hope, true freedom. And it's the exact opposite of what the world tells us. And so 
when you stop trying to look within for your identity, instead you look to Christ and who he says you are, that's when you'll find mm-hmm. it. And that's where, that's when peace will come. And that's when um, truth will set you free. So as we wrap it up here, I know we've talked about a lot, um, but you know, in this modern day, I just feel like we need to be having these conversations. Mm-hmm, we need mm-hmm. to be talking about this because like we said at the very beginning with those like Vogue or no Vogue. Teen Vogue. Teen yeah, Vogue. Teen Vogue. You know, articles. They're, they're blasting it out. They're saying, okay, this is so important to us. This is going to be one of the top tabs on the top of our, you know, entire website. website. Mm-hmm. And I can tell <laughs> you're like, is she struggling to talk today? <laughs> Okay, I have a toddler. Sometimes I don't sleep. Give me a break, people. Um, I'll, I'll speak my first words, and then Kristen can finish every sentence for me. Like, what, what do you, what do you want to say? Um, you know, we if we're not talking about this as Christians, then who, you know, who is? Of course, the world is. So we need to be digging into truth. Truth isn't just going to come like hit us in the head. We got to go after it. We got to pursue it. But what will come (laughs) and hit you in the head is social media, is movies, is the magazines. They come out of nowhere, the billboards, you know, they'll tell you who you are. So you got to be intentional to chase after truth so you can spot the lies and live and the true identity that God has given you. Um, And so we want to encourage you, sister, as you are thinking and pondering, just know you don't have to discover your identity. It has been given to you through Christ. You are a woman made in the image of God to glorify him. John 8, 31 through 32, um, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. What what freeing words. So many of us want that. We want freedom. We want life. And the truth will set us free. So when we look to God's word as a lamp to light the path for our identity, the confusion and doubt will clear up. I promise you, because that is where truth is found. It's unchanging. It's lasting. It's relevant. Um, so go to truth. Go to God's word. I want to emphasize this, that your truest identity doesn't come from within. We've said that many times throughout this episode, but hear this. If there's only one thing you remember, remember Mm -hmm. this. Your truest identity doesn't come from within, but from within God's design for you. Mm -hmm. And this is a truth that as we embrace it, I think this is something God is going to use to help our light shine for Him to the lost and hurting and broken world around us, right? Where people are desperately searching for identity. They're desperately searching for something they can grab onto, something in their sexuality, something in their gender, something in their purpose, their success, something in their race, right? Something where they can say, this is who I am, thinking that finding one of those things, grasping onto it is somehow going to answer that deep longing to be known, to be loved. The world is hurting and broken and searching. And we as Christians, God is saying, find your identity in me. I have given you all of these I am statements, right? About the truth, about who we are in Christ, starting with our sins, starting with our salvation, starting with our new identity, being adopted as God's daughters, our purpose to glorify God, our design as females and males. God is saying there's so much written into who you are in your body and your identity that Christ has given you, that as you fully embrace that and you stop striving after the things that your flesh wants to chase after, the things that the world says is important as you firmly find your identity in me, then we will shine the light of the hope of Christ to the people around us. And I think people will look on and go, wow, how do you have so much hope? How are you so confident in who you are? And you can say, it's not because I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in who God says I am. 
And I just want to end by reading a little something that we wrote in our book, Girl Defined, which is our very first book, which is a book that's all about God's radical design for beauty, femininity, femininity, and identity. So if you're like, yeah, I want to know more about my design as a female, about womanhood, beauty, purpose, specifically as a female, then our first book, Girl Defined, is a great resource for that. But in there, we say that if we as modern women want to experience true freedom, redemption, and confidence in our identity— We must look to our Savior and Creator to define us. He is a good and loving Father and has a beautiful design for our womanhood. Our truest identity doesn't come from within, but from within our identity in Christ. We have loved having this conversation with you guys. Identity is something we're going to keep talking about because it is all, it is our passion. What does it mean to be a girl defined by God, right? That's all about identity. So thanks so much for sticking with us to the end. (laughs) If you appreciated this conversation and you're like, yes, we need more conversations like this in, you know, in the cyber world, whatever you want to call it, then please take like two seconds to drop us a five-star review and leave a comment, you know, leave a review saying, hey, I loved this topic or, you know, I wish you would talk more about this or here's a suggestion for a future episode. Whatever you want to say, we would love to hear from you. We do read those. They are really encouraging. We love hearing from you, um, hearing from the sisterhood. And then that five-star review will also help other women just like you find this podcast so they can also be encouraged in God's truth. All right, sisterhood, we love you guys so much. Come hang out with us over on Instagram at Girl Define, and we cannot wait to chat with you again soon.